1: This is a Seven West Media podcast.
2: This cannot go on. I cannot physically function, let alone go to work. I haven't slept properly in days, weeks, feels like months, maybe even years. Today we're talking all about sleep, precious, precious sleep, and how we miss it so very much. I'm Alex Cullen, and welcome to Being Dad. Sleep, the final frontier. At least that's what it feels like. At about 4am, after two or three hours sleep, and you are seeing stars as you stagger to the bathroom and get ready for work. Sleep deprivation truly is, according to the Geneva Convention, torture. Yeah, they get information out of people by depriving them of sleep. And it really feels like torture. Absolutely. But perhaps the most common question that I have seen on the dad groups on Facebook is how do I get my child to sleep through the night? It is such a common question. And a lot of responses are from smug parents who are parents of older children who are out the other side. They've been there, they've done that, and their advice ranges from putting lavender oil on their bedding to just letting them cry it out, which none of us really want to do. Now, your mum will have a solution, as will your mate's wife, and, you know, so will pretty much every random person that you happen to mention it to. The thing is, you're not the first person not to get a good night's sleep because of a baby. That's just what happens. That's life. Unfortunately, it comes with the territory. Yeah, it's just the way it is. But there are ways. There are ways that we can get our kids to sleep. I know you're tired. You're dead bloody tired and you can't see a solution. You and your partner are snapping at each other. You're in bad moods. You're grumpy. And you just can't imagine a time when this will all be over. And this is where Bonnie and I are right now. Don't get me wrong. Our girls, Audrey and Evie, are absolutely wonderful, beautiful, incredible. Um, But sometimes they are the opposite of that. Sometimes they can be screaming and you just don't know what to do with them. And that can be between the hours of 10 p.m. and 6 (laughs) a.m., Bonnie and I are just beside ourselves with tiredness a lot of the time. Um, And things have been pretty stressful for us over the last six months or seven months or eight months since our born. And now that I'm between jobs, let's call it that, it's now the perfect time for me to spend some time with the girls and discover, I guess, professional ways, get help from professionals on how best to get our kids to sleep through the night. More than Two hours, three hours, four hours at a stretch. We did a lot of research and we discovered a place called Tresillion. Tresillion is, it's been around for years. It's been around since the 1920s and it's um, all about helping mothers and babies and especially sleep. It really helps with sleep cycles. It gives you tools. It gives you ways, it, uh, tried and true ways of getting your kids to sleep. And that's where we are at the moment. They're free. Yes, that's right. Medicare pays for it. And uh, we're finding it, it's pretty good. Now, Fran Chivas is the senior educator at Tresillian and also the author of the Tresilian Sleep Book, which we're reading at the moment, which is just really, really good. She took some time to talk to me whilst we were beginning our four-day residency at the Drusillian Sleep Centre in Willoughby, Sydney. One, two, one, two. Righto, so we're here at Drusillian. It's been a rough morning. Getting everything ready, getting the girls ready. Uh, They slept really well last night, which was weird. Not weird, it was great. Um, So you think to yourself, well, should we be doing this? But... (laughs) um, We've got to get them out of these suits. So we've got the girls in these kind of straight jacket suits to keep them all snug. And we've got to get them out of that. We've got to get them out of that habit of us rocking them. We've been rocking them to sleep every night. They're now eight months old, so... We're going to break the habit. It's going to be hard. They're in the back with me right now, sleeping before we go in. It's uh, five minutes to nine. Good to go? Well, she's all still asleep. All still asleep so what should we just um, drive just around or the like yeah just the lounge room so I'll do that now okay do you need a hand um, what's that I'll just try to get as much as I can okay alright go time wish us luck Friend, thank you for doing this. No problem. We really, really appreciate it. We are here at Tresillion in Willoughby, New Mm -hmm. South Wales. Um, I brought my girls in here this morning and I was uh, a bit nervous, I must say. But it's been going good so far. We got here at nine o'clock. It's now about ten to two. Yep. (laughs) Um, What what, what can I expect this week? Well, you'll expect
1: a busy week. Yeah. You... um it's your wife or your partner? My wife. Yeah. Your wife and and you've got a boy and a girl. Two girls. Two girls. Yeah. So you, your little family's going to have a busy week. Um, you'll you'll all work together with the nurses to uh, figure out a plan on what you're going to work on with your with your babies, mm-hmm. um, and it's going to be a team effort for all of you yeah. to figure out what you want to do and how you want your babies to. Um, to sleep, I guess, is what you've come here to do. That's right. So, but it's going to be a team effort between the four of you, because when you come in here, it's always parents always want us to fix it, but we can't fix what babies do because it's it's really something that's um, occurred between the four of you. So, what we help you figure out is what's happened between the four of you, and how the four of you can begin to to kind of reconstruct what's going on. Perfect. So that's what you're going to do with the nurses this week. You're going to figure out what's happened and then how you're going to put together some um, ideas. So, And that will become the goals of your stay this week. And so I'm, I'm guessing that you've already come up with some goals. We have. Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah.
1: And you're going to start to work on them. And each day you'll look at the goals that you've set up and you'll see if they're, how they're going, if they're kind of really what you wanted to do. And then you'll kind of change them and adjust them and figure out if it's working or not working. And that's how your week will kind of pan out. Okay. Yeah.
2: Um, what, what is normal? What is, what is a, a, a normal baby's sleep pattern, I suppose?
1: Well, it depends on the age of your baby. Yeah, sure. Because sleep um, is one of the most important developmental tasks of infancy, and sleep develops over the first 12 months. So it's just like any um, developmental task that a baby has. It's a bit like walking or talking. Mm -hmm. So you don't expect uh, a three-month-old baby to just start talking, and you don't expect a three-month-old baby to just get up and start walking around the room. It's the same sleep is exactly the same thing. So your baby goes through milestones for want of a better term of sleeping. So things have to happen before the next thing happens. So as I said, just like walking, your baby will you know, start to lift their head up as their neck muscles get stronger and then they'll start to roll over and then they'll start to crawl. And ultimately, by the end of the first 12 months, they'll start to pull themselves up and walk.
2: Okay. And so what what are some of the myths? What are some of the myths surrounding how a child should be sleeping?
1: One of the myths is that babies can sleep 12 hours straight at night and not wake up.
2: <laughs> I have heard that. And that's absolute crap. <laughs> it is.
1: All babies, no matter what their age, will wake at least three times a night, every night.
2: At least three times. Yeah. Right. Right. OK. And um, any others?
1: Um, oh, gosh, the myths of, of what babies do. Well, what are some of the myths you've heard?
2: um that yeah they'll if we give them solids we'll feed them solids they'll sleep from seven till seven
1: it's nothing to do with food really yeah because food doesn't make you sleep longer does it make you sleep longer no (laughs) so no food doesn't make people sleep longer as i've said sleep is developmentally managed it's about it's about our brain, mm-hmm. it's brain maturing, the baby's brain maturing. Oh. So it doesn't matter how much you give your baby to eat, that that's not going to improve their sleep unless, of course, you, you know the baby's starving, but not many babies are starving in um, Australia, um, yeah. you know yeah. really in in let's face it, we're well nourished, where we have plenty to eat generally here. So, that's not something that's going to help a baby sleep. Right. Um, when a baby's ready for solids, we just give them their solids. Sometimes we're giving them um, too much milk. What often happens is that a baby can be feeding to sleep and so they've bec- they start to associate having a feed to go to sleep.
2: Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Yes, yes that, and that's happened with us. Some, yeah. yeah, yeah, I'll quit giving them a feed, then they will sleep. But that's not right either, is it?
1: That's right. So whatever, they, whatever they're going to sleep with, yes. so for example, they're going to sleep with a feed, when they wake up between a sleep cycle... They need a feed to go back to sleep. Okay. So sleep occurs in cycles. You know, we all have sleep cycles where we have a a dream sleep, go into a deep sleep, have a dream sleep. So babies have exactly the same, except we call it, you know, um, active sleep, which is kind of the dream sleep, then um, a quiet sleep, which is our deep sleep or non-REM sleep, Mm -hmm. and then they come back into uh, um, active sleep, so once they come up into a, like a more transitional state or into like a drowsy state, where and we do it too, we move up and then we might roll over in bed and so we kind of come to a wakeful state. So you know where you roll over and you become a bit aware and you might look at the clock and you go, phew, it's, you know, it's only one o'clock in the morning, I can go back to sleep again. You go back to sleep, well, babies do exactly the same thing. So some babies are able to settle themselves back to sleep. And so that's a wakeful stage. That's maybe one of those times, the, the three or four times a night when they wake up mm-hmm. and they can settle themselves back to sleep.
2: That's, that's perfect. Yeah, okay. That's, that's, that's what you normal. want. That's, that's what you want. Okay.
1: However, if you've, ha- if you've got a baby who's perhaps been fed to sleep, they mm. may wake at one of those stages in the sleep cycle but they don't know how to go back to sleep without a feed. So they wake up, call out and say, hey, I'm awake, come and feed me. I just, you know, don't know how to get back to sleep on my own. So they want to feed.
2: I see. I so, see.
1: So they need a feed to go back to sleep. And, but it might not be a feed. It could be anything. It could be that they're used to being rocked to sleep. It could be that they're used to being carried around to sleep. It could be any number of things. And if you want to change that, then you have to start doing something else so that they can develop their own ways of going back to sleep on their own. And so that's what everybody at Tresillion is trying to manage, that their baby has begun a process where there's been some level where parents have become very involved in their baby sleep cycles.
2: This is exactly, you are you are describing exactly what we've gone through the last eight months. Yes. We've been so involved. We've been rocking them to sleep, um, rocking them to sleep more and more. And then when they get up, we rock them to sleep. And then we've got them in these little tiny um, uh, sleeping bags where their arms can't get out, so they're nice mm-hmm. and snug. And so, yeah, we, we can't continue that. Mm. That has to stop. So... We have to break the habit, Yeah. which is why we're here.
1: Yeah, and that's why all the parents are here, is because you've just become a little bit too involved in their sleep cycles. do you? So to help them with that and you with that, because both of you have got a, that habit, so it's going to be hard for both of you to, to break the habit. Mm. So for your girls, they don't want to break it. They're perfectly happy with you coming in and cuddling them and picking them up and rocking them and do all the nice things that you do. So they're going to say, no way, I'm not doing that. Mm. We like you coming in. That's fantastic. You know, we love seeing you, especially at eight months because at eight months is when separation anxiety is at at its peak. And at this point, if you look at where they are developmentally with regard to attachment to you guys and falling in love with you. You know, you're their favorite people. You know, they love it. They they love it when you're around. They don't want you to go away, so they're going to protest enormously. Cry. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so what so what you have to do then is be able to reassure them and soothe them, really calmly and really carefully and say, "It's okay. We're still here." We know you're really disappointed about this thing that we've set up between us. We're going to help you get over it. We're going to soothe you and calm you and help you go to sleep all on your own. But we're not doing this anymore. Right. And so we. And so for you, this is about a process of, of, um, being calm and soothing and kind and reassuring and being the the the, the secure comforting parents while they have a meltdown about not doing the the comfy, lovely, wonderful stuff that they really, really want you to do. So this is one of those hard bits of parenting where you've gone, whoops, wrong, we did that, shouldn't have done it, but now we have to kind of figure it out between us again. And as a team, balance out their need for what they want and what you know you can't really keep doing for the rest of your lives.
2: Gotcha. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we can't keep <laughs> swaddling them until they're 10. That's right. And, um, yeah, because that's what you're always taught when they're first born, isn't it? To keep them swaddled, to keep them really yeah. secure and safe. Yeah. But there comes a time when you can't do that anymore. And, and something as simple as having their arms out. Yeah. You know, we, we had them sleeping this morning with their arms out for the first time. and Well, since they're, they're born, really.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, which is quite a shock for them. And us, I suppose. It but is. that's all part of it, isn't
1: it? It is all part of it. And so they need to get used to that. And then yeah. they might find that they like to eat their hands or something. We don't really know what they're going to do. Mm. And it might surprise you. They might be really, really happy about it and get all comfy with their hands. And, or they might decide that they can crawl around the cot a bit and, you know, pull to stand and be, you know, this might be a riot for them. So we just have to wait and see yeah. what, what happens next. But whatever happens next, it's about reassuring them and comforting them that, you know, good times done.
2: Yeah, but it's, it's going to be okay. Um, so just if you could tell me, how do we know? How do we know that we need to come and get help? How do we know that that child isn't sleeping properly, if you know what I mean?
1: Well, developmentally, at eight months, yeah. um, a, a baby is up to a point where they do have an ability to go to bed and go to sleep, self-settle themselves on their own.
2: Okay. So if they're not self-settling, if they're not, that's when you come and you, you get help yeah. basically. Yeah.
1: So at yeah. Th- that's the age when we know they can. Mm. And at, at this age, we know that they have a capacity to go to sleep on their own. And then at, in the first part of the night especially, to wake up two or three times, but they can um, chain sleep cycles together for about six hours so they can do a six hour stretch and stay asleep for six to seven hours on their own
2: oh God that would be wonderful
1: and then in the and then from the early hours of the morning they may wake two three times but they do have the ability to put themselves back to sleep as well
2: we haven't got to get up and, and rock them back to sleep
1: you may have to get up. M- one or two times, but yeah. it might just to be to you know Shh, you're okay, go back to sleep. Mm. So what we do know is that they do have a capacity to do that. Yeah. So that's where you're sort of heading, but it may take some time to get that done. Right. Because you know you've got you know eight months of of your babies enjoying this wonderful you know intimate nighttime rocking and cuddling. So, you know, they're, they're just used to that. That's that's the routine. That's what they're used to. And at the moment, they don't know how to self-settle. That's that's basically it. They just don't know how to do it.
2: Okay. Um, I keep hearing about controlled crying. Mm-hmm. Is that still a thing?
1: Uh, for some people, some people still recommend it, but we don't do that here. We, mm. you know, controlled crying is um, basically not a sleep method. It's about just... Making a kid stop crying, mm-hmm. you know, leaving them on their own until they stop crying. So it's really that—that's a method called the um, extinguishing method. It's and really what it means is you're just extinguishing a crying. Right. The baby's crying. So crying is a as a child signal saying I, I need help, and so when they're saying I need help, you should help them, and. So that's why we don't use that here. And, of course, um, works under the prevailing theory, which is attachment theory. Mm. And attachment theory says that crying is a signal that I need help and, a, and that's a child's attachment system. So that's essentially what that means. So we attend to the child's signal for help. Oh. And is that like
2: a primal thing? Is that the baby? Yes. Cry- yeah, it's crying, saying, "Don't leave me behind."
1: Yes, that's an evolutionary theory. It's about human beings have evolved to protect their young, and the way the young um, get protection is to call for help through crying, and human, and that's so that's our evolutionary method for for survival.
2: Wow. Okay. And so, what what you do here, and what other um, sleep clinics do, is responsive settling. Is that yes, right? Yes,
1: that's what we call it here at Trisillian.
2: And Can you tell me what that is?
1: Well, what we do is that through each of the baby's um, ages, right from um, birth, uh, right through till three, when we—that's the age groups that we serve—we um, have a different method that. Um, um, suits each age group. So for very young babies we 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 don't we don't do much at all. So if parents come in with very little babies and they want help. We we help parents understand what developmental stage their baby's at with regard to their sleep and settling needs. And and so we help the parents be very responsive to their baby. And that will be to settle them very calmly and quietly, even in the, in the parents' arms if the baby's very upset, because very little babies can um, settle themselves in, in their own bed, but it's very um, reliant also on the baby's temperament if they've had some birth trauma, if the parent's very um, tired and anxious. So we we look at um, what's going on for parents in a very holistic way before we determine what kind of sleep and settling strategies we would give. From about three months, then we also look at the baby's age and sleep development, and then we put in place other responsive settling strategies. So all of them are about what the baby's age is and sleep development. And then we suggest that whatever settling strategy we use, we always make sure that the parents are there available to the baby, that the baby's not, not, well, we don't let the baby get really, really distressed, that the parent is um, advised to pick the baby up if the baby's getting too distressed. And that we stop any sleep and settling strategies, and the ba- the mum or the pe- or the dad takes the baby for a walk in the pram that that there's n- that it stops, basically. Yeah. So we use patting um, as a first thing that we do. We might do some, you know, shh, shh. it's calm, it's rhythmic, it's repetitive because you know repetition is boring and dull <laughs> mm-hmm. it's um it's soothing yes um so it's all very calming and repetitive and soothing but the parent is present with the baby Brilliant. so that they are they're reassured they're not left alone and the parent will gradually move away yeah from the baby but the baby's not left to cry
0: yeah
2: yeah not left to cry and yeah and you're not leaving them cry no. for extended amounts of time like no. like we've heard about with controlled crying. No. Yeah, great. That's good. Um and so what, what does lack of sleep do to people? I mean it's it's a terrible thing, isn't it? We need oh, sleep. Yeah. Sleep deprivation is what's it's torture. It's torture. Yeah.
1: Absolutely, it's torture. Um
2: In dads especially, because I know and when I say in dads, because a lot of the time, you know, we're going off to work Mm. the next day yes. on an hour, two, three hours sleep. Mm. Um, and and, and my, my wife will want me to say this, but of course the mums are working too at home, but at the same time we're sort of going out mm. and trying to function in a workplace. It's hard, isn't <clears throat> it?
1: It is. It's really difficult. And this is one of the the difficult things of parenting mm. is that it's, a, it's almost like it's a given that sleep deprivation yeah. is is it is going to happen and one of the most interesting things about um, infants is that in the month prior to the baby's birth you can track a baby's sleep and awake cycles during the last month of pregnancy and that's going to indicate what the baby's going to do after birth really so you can get ready okay next time (laughs) okay so, because a baby um, is just going to keep you awake at certain times of the day and the night, it's really unfortunate that, that parents do experience sleep deprivation after the birth of a baby. So, one of the things that we need to think about is about um, thinking about it as a as a team effort. Mm-hmm and how you can get together to think about it as a team and how you can work together as a team. And if one partner is going to work, how does that work together? Mm -hmm. Having said that, though, there's a lot of research about sleep and settling and about how um, father's involvement in getting a baby to settle um, has better outcomes for the family when a father's more involved in it and there's less um, postnatal depression for everybody mm-hmm. involved because what we know about um, postnatal depression is that if um, the mother's depressed, then there's a highly, there's a greater likelihood of a father getting depressed as well. Wow yeah.
2: Because it does exist in dads, we know that doesn't absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah. PND. Um,
1: yeah. We know that the statistics for PND for dads is about ten percent, mm. but probably it's underestimated mm. because men present symptoms differently. Yeah. Um. And and the the, the scales that we use to to uh, to screen dads aren't probably aren't as um as effective as what we use to screen women because it's not. It, because men present differently and a lot of the research talks about um, men's presentation as is, is often they do stuff like play a lot of sport and they drink and they drink and they do gambling and and yeah, stuff like
2: yeah that. and like yeah and that's so much of that PND stems from lack of sleep
1: it can do and it it's it's all um, it's lots of work.
2: Mm.
1: It's and um, pos- and one of the things that men do is overwork, yeah. spend too much time at work,
2: provide
1: and have this pressure on them about being the provider. Yeah. That those traditional thoughts about, you know, mm. being a man, mm-hmm. so trying uh, to do that that side of that as as well. Yes. So there's so men go through a transition to fatherhood as well as as women do. So there's a psychological thing going on as as women well, as what, you know, we talk talk a lot about women's psychological transition to motherhood.
2: Mm-hmm. Men
1: have a similar psychological transition to motherhood, fatherhood as well.
2: Definitely.
1: So there is yeah. that whole provider thing going on.
2: Yeah. Um, Which is hard on not much is. sleep.
1: <laughs> it is. It's really hard. <laughs> yeah. So that's that teamwork thing that can happen. And I guess it's really important to figure out between um, the, the partners how that's going to work out. Yes. It's a, it's a really hard
2: one. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? Right. And so um, what are, I guess, what are some of the common mistakes from dads?
1: I don't know that there's mistakes per se. (laughs) One of the things, the most common things is dads often feel sidelined. And and feeling sidelined is because often they lack information. And so they're a bit confused about what their roles are meant to be. I think that's one of the common issues that confront dads. You know, they... There's, um, you know, the roles are changing so much, so there's that whole notion of being a provider. But also I'm meant to be, you know, uh, doing lots of caretaking roles.
2: Yeah, hands-on, changing nappies. And being hands-on. Compared so, to 20, 30, 40 years ago. Exactly.
1: Yeah. And so, but the problem with that is, too, is that there's no role model for what men are meant to be doing now, too. So mm. there's a lack of information. There's a bit of a confusion about what I'm meant to do. Am I meant to be like a, like the mum or am I meant to be like a dad and who on earth am I meant to be? Mm-hmm. So that's why men often feel like they're making mistakes because who am I meant to be? But you're meant to be a dad. Mm. And so a good way to what is to, if you want to do more caretaking, is to just watch what women do because, you know, some, for some reason um, women have, well, it's not for some reason, women, psychologically women, prepare for motherhood throughout their lives. Yeah. That's what has happened. And so even though they may not have handled many babies, they're psychologically and unconsciously watched other women I handling see. babies. Mm-hmm. Because we seem to forget in evolutionary terms, these are things that are hardwired into us. So women have unconsciously watched other women handle babies.
2: Yeah, of course. Yeah.
1: And so you watch your your wife handle a baby you watch you you do stuff like that Mm. and then you once you've watched other people handle babies then you get the hang of it and you ask you say you know what do I do can I do the nappy can I watch you change the nappy and then I'll change the nappy with regard to if your wife or your partner's breastfeeding you know you can't breastfeed yourself but you can, you can get pillows. You know, can I get you a pillow? Sometimes, you know, you, you know it's really uncomfortable and, you know. Yeah. You, so you say, can I get you a pillow for your arm or rest your back or do that, whatever. You know, do you want to put your feet up or, you know, do you want to, you know, is thirsty work, breastfeeding? So grab a, just get, grab a glass of water yeah, or all of water, that stuff.
2: water is so important, yeah. And yeah. it's lucky with us. I mean, I, I've, we said this in an earlier episode, but go to, go to the classes. Yeah. Go to the classes. Go to the classes. It's very, very important. You need as much inf- information as you can get inside your head. And also um, with us, we had our girls at um, 33 weeks, so they were quite early. So we had that time in the NICU, Native Int- Neonatal Intensive Care Unit, to watch the nurses, and they taught me what to do. Exactly. Which was invaluable.
1: So those are the, that's the sort of stuff. Yeah. Is that you, you might not be able to breastfeed, but the... The support that you can do in those little other things, it's just so, you can't even say how invaluable it is by mm. just a drink of water or a cup of coffee or tea or a cookie or something. And you just mentioned it, seeking out information is yeah. just so pivotal, like from a maternal, a child and family health nurse or, a, or the midwives or whoever. Mm, mm, mm. The other thing is really important is seeking out what exactly what you're doing now is information from other dads, and I think that's one thing that men really miss out on. Yeah, because there's mothers have mothers groups, but if men are going to do more of this caretaking thing or caregiving role, mm. then men need more support from other men.
2: Jake and I are nodding absolutely no, naughty, naughty. you need naughty. to be able
1: to talk to other men who are fathering because that's what you need it's yeah. absolutely so important yeah and hear their stories
2: oh totally and me and a couple of mates caught up the other night and, the, and i think the biggest one was sleep yeah. and how much we miss our sleep um and i guess should we take the lead too with 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 yeah. things like sleep yeah how, how do we do that
1: I guess you have to take it in turns. Yeah. You have to, this this is a hard thing about your relationship with your wife or your partner changes. And it's mm. not the same anymore. Yeah. And it won't be. Yeah. So it's about saying, I need to sleep. Let's take turns. Yes. That's what
2: we've been doing that actually. <laughs> and yeah. it's
1: just how it goes now.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know, in the mornings or, you know, um, I, I just need an hour. Yeah. Cool. You take them for a walk. Um, and it's, it's it's working okay, you know, um, but you're right. You've got a. it's a team it's effort. It's a team effort. Especially with twins, with two, because, you know, if you get them out of sync, uh, all hell breaks loose. It is. Yeah. So
1: it is. But the other thing that you remind yourselves, it's not forever. Yes. It's only a little – it's only a short time. Mm. So it is about taking turns and even to the point is – I'll have this half of the night and you have that half of the night.
2: Yeah, that's right.
1: And so we both get a break. Mm.
2: Yeah, a break. A break is so important, isn't it?
1: Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> You the,
2: go mad otherwise. And
1: it's not forever. Yeah. But you're having turns. Yeah. Of sleep.
2: Yeah. But And it, if you've got a spare room too, yep. use that. Yep. For dads too, you know. Because yep. um, a lot of us, yeah, have to do that, go to that workplace the next morning. I know. <laughs> Yeah,
1: it is. Yeah. And for some people, some people do better without sleep and other people don't. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's a team effort. It's about negotiating between you how you're going to do this. And that's what's really important for the relationship.
2: Definitely. And I guess to finish, um, to bring it back to, to, to my experience here, I suppose, what, what can I expect the next four days?
1: You can expect to be working with your babies and getting used getting them used to not having their arms wrapped up, mm. getting them to sleep without rocking and cuddling and seeing how they manage that, but also importantly see how you manage that. Yeah. Because you'll desperately want
2: to to do what you're used to be doing. It's your habit too. That's right. And we, and we love it. You know, they're yes. looking into your eyes and you, you're rocking them and it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful moment that you yes. share. Um, but it can't go on. because And you want your sleep. That's right. Yeah. So
1: that's, that's the, the struggle you're going to be having mm. is I don't want them to be sad and I don't want them to be upset. And I do love lots of this, but we all need to go to sleep. Yeah, and so you're going to be struggling with um, with the so many things going on inside of you. Mm. You know, such a struggle to try and change something that is a habit, and you don't want you don't want your babies to be upset. So mm. you got that's why the nurses are there to help you out mm. yeah. and to help you figure out how you want to do it.
2: Mm. No, it's been great so far. Mm. I know I've only been here half a day. But um, it's been wonderful. Um, and it's been wonderful talking to you, Fran. It really has. you you just uh, well, so much information. You've been doing it a long time now because you're a midwife originally, right?
1: Uh, well, I was a paediatric nurse first. Paediatric nurse Then first. a midwife and then a child and family health nurse.
2: You've done it all. And you continue to do such great work. So you've got the Tracillian Sleep Book. yes. And I know you're working on another book. Can you yes, tell us about it?
1: It's a book called "Burst of Three Months." Okay. Or oh, actually, hasn't got a name yet. I don't know what its name is.
2: <laughs> okay, you've something you can work on. Whatever it is, <laughs> sleep on it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Thank you so much. I think we're going to learn a lot from this. I've learned so much from this, oh, and I thank think you. and I think a lot of dads will learn a lot from it too. So great. We really appreciate it. No problem. Thanks, friend. Thank you. Fran Chivas, God, they are lucky to have her, um, her expertise, her knowledge, her experience, just amazing stuff. And over the last eight months, I've sort of heard so many opinions and both, well, Bonnie more so than me. I should put my hand up here and say Bonnie does a lot of the research here. She's read so much on this subject um, and I have too, just not as much. And I think that time with Fran gave me such perspective and hopefully it has given you some too because... I know I say it all the time, and I think, though, it does bear saying again, and that is, you are not alone. We're in this together. We are, we're in the trenches. We're in the sleep trenches together. <laughs> and all over the world, parents, dads are trying to figure out how to get their child to sleep and keep them asleep for you know, longer than an hour or two. It does get better. I know people tell you that all the time. People tell me that all the time. I'm like, don't you dare say that. It does get better. Does it get better? I don't know. It damn well better. I'm told it does. Um, so I'll, I'll just believe them. It does get better. But there is help and really solid evidence-based help that you can find to get you back on track and functioning normally again. If that day will ever come. So there are many other places, not just Resilient, to get expert advice on settling your child, we chose Tricilion based on recommendations, of course, and a lot of books and a lot of advice from people, and you know, especially twin parents. Twin parents that we know got a lot out of Trisillian, Um, because you know, of course, twins come with um, challenges, you know, waking each other up, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So Tricilion was fantastic, or is f- fantastic for us. Um, and let me say also that here in Australia, we are blessed with a healthcare system that allows us to get specialist treatment like this. Without charge. Yep, tricyclin is free. Medicare pays for it, unless you bring an extra person, like me. Uh, you are charged each night about forty-eight dollars. I should put that in there. Um, you know, the uh, if it's the father or the partner. Um, but go get there. It's very, very important that you're there and that you learn from these people, and you know what your child um, needs and and you learn and you're there also with mum and helping her out because it's a, it's a big transition getting your child to learn these new methods, these new techniques. Um, it's all in the show notes. We have put all the info um, from Fran in there as well and also some links to resources available to help you find help wherever you are. Hopefully over the next four days, Bonnie and I will learn new skills and methods to help our girls to self-soothe and we'll learn to do the responsive, what's it called? Listen to me, God, Um, responsive settling, Um, the responsive settling and so far it's going really well, really well actually. We're learning that you can't rock your child to sleep anymore. Um, It's just not viable. So we're learning ways of putting them back in the cot patting them um, and letting them settle themselves because that is the goal, folks, so we can all get ourselves a good night's sleep. We started the podcast here at Cresillian and I think it's only fair that we ended here too. Um, it's day two, halfway through day two. It's going well, going well. I've got to say, we had the girls to sleep last night about 7, 7.30. They went through till 1230 had a feed. Slept through till 6.37. What? Unheard of. <laughs> very, very happy. So um, it's going well. It's going well, i got to say. Um, and they're really nice here. They're just lovely people. Hey, thanks for listening. Please give us a review. Um, five stars would be nice, but if not, all good. Um, And please share. Share us to other dads, share us to uh, mums as well, whoever else. Um, Let's really get the message out there. Um, I think a quote that applies to sleep would be good to end with here and a quote from Ryan Reynolds. We all know who he is. And he said, These days, I think of blinking as taking tiny little naps all day. (laughs) Hopefully that's not me after our our visit here to Drusillian. Thanks so much for listening to Being Dad, and I'll talk to you very, very soon. This was a 7 West podcast. The producer is Jake Taylor. Nikki Hamilton is our executive producer.
0: Hold up. What was that?